Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective? This is in our own lives and the world in general. My name is Daryl and I'm here with my wife Karen. I am Groot. <laughs> you are Wait, Groot. You haven't even... I'm German Groot. <laughs> I don't even know how he says it. You haven't even seen those movies. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know where that came from. What other lines does he say? <laughs> that's it. You know. He says, "I am Groot." I am Groot. He also says, "I am Groot." Why am I saying Groot? <laughs> Groot. Groot. Das Groot. Yeah. Das Groot. Sein Knopf ein Schlüssel. I wonder how much he got paid just to say that. Like, <laughs> that's his whole line <sighs> in the movie. Anyway, Karen, uh, are you enjoying? stuff <laughs> I'm enjoying stuff. what a great question I know I'm also enjoying things mm-hmm. cool and things that have to do with stuff yeah yeah it's good good stuff so Karen mm. what are we even doing here we are talking about marriage again marriage <laughs> marriage marriage brings us together today <laughs> Mowage brings us on the podcast mom. again. Yes. What are we talking about, marriage? We are talking about being unevenly yoked, I believe. Oh. Yes. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, unevenly yoked. But uh, I guess more specific, we'll, we'll get to that as well. But um, what do you do? What do you do Ooh. if. What would you rather? Now, um. Uh, Let's say you're in a marriage, but you're not saved. When you got married, neither of you were saved. And then one of you gets saved, and the other one's still not saved. Ah. What do you do? Pop quiz. What do you do? Well, it's funny, because I've had that exact experience. What are you talking about? <laughs> I got married, and I was not saved. So did and I. my husband was not saved either. I got married and I wasn't saved. And then he got saved. I did. And I got annoyed. Yeah. And <laughs> you got annoyed. But we were already married. So, anyway. We stayed together. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, shouldn't one person, the unsaved person, you should kick them out of your house. <laughs> right? Is that what you should do? No, you should, um, if you're already married, according to the wisdom of the Bible. What? Um, <laughs> I would deduce that you stay married and um, you try to lead your spouse to the, to the cross. Mm. Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You try to lead your spouse. Well, let's see. Let's see what the Apostle Paul wrote in his epistle to the Corinthians. In his letter to the Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter seven, verses twelve to seventeen, the word of God says, "But to the rest I say, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever, and she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. And a woman who has an unbelieving husband, and he consents consents to live with her, she must not send her husband away." For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. For otherwise your children are unclean, 
but now they are holy. Yet if the unbelieving one leaves, let him leave. The brother or the sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each, in this manner let him walk. And so I direct it in all the churches. So the so, Bible agrees with me. Yes, the Bible agrees with you. <laughs> that is correct. This probably happens a lot more than... Like, I always think of our situation as being um, uncommon, but it's probably pretty common. It is probably common, but um, it's... it's I, I, usually, I think just because we don't know anyone personally because... Our families aren't necessarily Christians. Right. Or our friend groups, most of them. And what I usually hear the stories of is when I tell people our story, they usually like think that you were saved first or they're like, uh, Well, yeah. that's weird. Usually the the wife's saved first mm-hmm. and then the husband gets saved. But yeah. God worked in reverse. Well I don't know if it was reverse, but <laughs> he he worked in me first and then you, which is interesting. It is weird. Yeah. I didn't get called first. Yeah. Jesus didn't call me first. <laughs> no. Maybe he was calling and you just didn't answer the phone. <laughs> Maybe. That's a... I didn't buy the book. You didn't buy the book. <laughs> Maybe well, you should have got God calling because that was the original book. Oh, really? That inspired Sarah Young to sit around in a circle. God calling. That I don't know if it was a circle if she well sat by herself. Jesus. Anyway, I don't want to get into that now. Uh <laughs> Don't get me on tangents of discerning what are good books for Christians to read and not good books. Anyway, uh, where was I? In the living room. In the living room. The living room. But yeah, so, so well, it's weird though. Like, for a little bit of our backstory is, uh, I thought when I was saved, you were saved too, because I didn't know anything. I thought, hey, this is our story now together. Oh, yeah. You know, God saves our marriage. We started going to church together. And then you stopped going and I kept going. Hmm. So what I assumed is like, oh, this is our salvation story. It was just my salvation story. And then about two years later, you had your own, which is awesome. (laughs) Well, you know, the Bible tells us to stay with our spouse, mm-hmm. for you do you do not know if they will be saved, and it's like the best opportunity, and also the worst, <laughs> because it's like you live with them, so you really can, you know, they really are seeing what's happening to you, mm-hmm. but also like in our case, it made me so angry. <laughs> at the same time like at first i was like oh my goodness like what uh, what's gotten into him holy spirit and i was just waiting it's yeah not what it's who has gotten into me Karen. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what's going on now like and i wanted to leave that it was actually pushing me away at first hmm. and then i don't know <laughs> and then the holy spirit started working on me I right guess. Well, what this this is advice I would give to a spouse who is saved, and you're you're still waiting on the other spouse uh, to eventually be saved. What I used to do is leave books open for you to read, like <laughs> or th- or things of the Bible, and just leave them out. 
thinking, oh, she's going to read this and, and she's going to be saved. And and back then, yeah, I didn't know anything about how salvation actually works and mm-hmm. you know, soteriology. I, you know, I don't think I was a Calvinist back then at first when I was doing that. Uh, but as I was, you know, starting to grow in faith and talking to uh, other brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, they kind of led me to not do that. Like, it's not a good idea. <laughs> To, yeah, because that was kinda, just making me angry. Yeah, that's and I, I I think I heard a story once too. Uh, actually, Lee Strobel when he was telling his story, he well, Lee Strobel wrote the case for Christ, the case for Christianity. He's got a whole series of case for because he was a journalist uh, in Chicago, I think, for the Chicago Tribune. But his wife got saved, and she was leaving books out for him to read, and it was just making him angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, instead of uh. But what he decided to do was, as a journalist, look into these things and debunk Christianity. But he ended up coming to faith because he had no other choice, because it is true. Um, but all that to say, don't necessarily leave these books out, uh, expecting your spouse to read them and be saved that way. Um, would. I would say is a good plan is just live your Christian life, continue to be a witness, just living life, and talk about spiritual things when they come up. Mm. Uh, and don't don't be surprised if there is a little anger, a little uh, like if if you're reading your Bible and your spouse like looks frustrated or says something negative towards you while you're doing that. You like, know, why don't you? Be, uh, why don't you take out the trash instead of? Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I ever said that to yeah, you. I don't, I don't think you did. But that, yeah, you might get some pushback like you that. Get something like that. Uh, but just just be faithful and be patient, and just do what you do, and also have other people pray for your spouse, and pray that God will send. You know, if if it's your husband who's an unbeliever, pray that God would send godly men into into your husband's life to just again be a witness speak truth speak the gospel and if if your wife's the unbeliever have a godly pray that godly women would uh, speak into their lives as well and i think that kind of happened for you too right mm-hmm. prayer behind my back more than <laughs> prayer behind your back well the inter- don't be praying behind don't my be back praying. don't be like uh, an interesting verse in this section is uh, the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her unbelieving husband. Now, I used to, you know, read this before you were saved and be confused about that for a little bit. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean you're ultimately saved? But sanctified just means made holy and set apart. So part of the, the, the covenant family, but yet not saved. So I'm still, you know, not confused on that verse, but I know because later there's the distinction because uh, it does say, for for how do you know, a wife, whether you will save your husband? So again, we don't save other people. You know, God saves them. But I think what Paul is trying to get at is be the witness in that household. If that spouse wants to leave, the unbelieving spouse wants to leave. That's fine. Let them go. But if they're willing to stay with you, just continue to be a witness to them. So that's what I would say. That's my advice. 
stay with your spouse if they're willing to stay with you and just continue to be a witness and pray and have other people pray and God is faithful and have hope and faith in him to to save because he does and even if because I wanted to leave yeah I just remember coming down the steps where we lived before here wait and you were like you had the bible out you were reading I'm like (laughs) All right. Like, I'm not gonna say anything. Just gonna, and then the following weekend you were at church. I was like, what? And that was two years after I got saved. So if you're waiting for your spouse to be saved, that I think that's a pretty short amount of time, actually, compared to yeah, maybe how long some people have been waiting. But don't give up hope. Just don't give up hope. It's. It, I think sometimes maybe God does that to. Uh, to show us that it's he's the one who saves it's not our, our clever arguments or uh or leaving books out for people to read it's god's the one who saves salvation is all of the lord but he will use means and he does use us but sometimes maybe it's to humble us when we're not actually the one that might lead our spouse to the lord specifically mm. but as long as we keep witnessing yeah, and mean- our life reflects change it could be Kirk Cameron. It could be Kirk Cam- <laughs> Kurt's Cameron. It could be Kirk Cameron. It could be... It could be Ray Comfort. <laughs> it, it could be uh, a testimony video at church or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. But it's... it's Well, it's ultimately the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves. The blood of Christ and his sacrifice and his life. Yeah, testimonies are powerful. Yeah. Yeah, testimonies are good powerful shows what God has done in our lives personally but ultimately the gospel is what saves the testimony of Jesus so what if you're in the dating scene you should or should not date someone who is not a Christian if you are a Christian me if I'm a Christian and I'm in the dating scene yeah if you are uh, if you were well, say you weren't married Christian mingle and uh, <laughs> No, those, I'm not making fun of that dating site. I've heard a lot of... I have a friend who actually is married to somebody he met on, I think, on Christian Mingle. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But Whatever site. Okay, what I would say is uh, is no. <laughs> Just because, like, you, you can even use our example of our lives where I was saved, you weren't saved, and what a struggle that was. Mm-hmm. You know, even for me, it was a struggle because I wanted to share, you know, Jesus with you and fellowship over over Christ and share, you know, read the Bible with you and things <laughs> like that. And I couldn't because I knew that was making you angry. Yeah. So it's like, so personally, as why would you want to struggle in that if you don't have that in common with somebody? Like it's such a, it's such a tension. Especially, I mean, if you're a Christian, then... That's your life, basically. Christianity is your life. The Bible, reading the Bible, praying, doing the things of God is your life. You go going to church, like making Sunday worship, corporate worship, a priority. And if mm-hmm. you you're, you're dating somebody, because that's hard enough when you're married to somebody who's not a believer, you're going to go to church, and they want you to do something else. It's like it's that mm-hmm. that struggle that you're going to have. It's just going to. It's going to be hard to deal with. So if if you're 
dating somebody that doesn't understand that. And the tricky thing is they might say they understand that and you're like, okay, and they tell you what you want to hear. And then you marry that person and then they're like, why are you still going to church? Like, you hear stories like that all the time too. But even if you don't get married, like, if you're dating and they're just following along to impress you and then say you break up and then they stop going to church. So you're like, they were never really following. They were just trying to get closer to you. Yeah. You know? I think I saw that too or heard that or, or similar story to same, that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they stopped going like they, they were like serving. They were all about serving. Yeah. So I think the person started going to that church because he met a girl. Mm-hmm. And then the, the girl ended up marrying somebody else. And then he stopped serving and stopped going. Oh. He's like, oh. He's like, oh, well. Yeah, did our friend tell us that story? He's like, well, you know, yeah, the girl yeah. I like got married, so I can't go here. Like, yeah, because people do go to church just to meet someone, too, because they figure, you know, mm-hmm. they're looking for a certain type of person. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't imagine dating right now. It must be so hard. Well, Paul, Paul kind of writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Um, I'm going to read from the NASB, so it's kind of different wording than it's usually said. But uh, in verse 14 of chapter 6, Do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Yeah, so in there, and a lot of times you'll hear it say, uh, don't be unevenly yoked. Which doesn't necessarily refer to dating here. I mean, dating as we know it mm. in our Western culture now is nothing. They, did, they knew nothing of this in, in, in the times of the New Testament, Old Testament. Uh, but you know, usually you hear it read, uh, "Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers." For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? And that picture of e- being yoked is is you know, both animals would be yoked together to pull, like a cart or something, to do work together. So if if you're unequally yoked, so if one person's pulling towards God and the other one's not, it's just not like a good it's just not going to work you can't right that you can't work together that way uh so that's what paul's kind of warning there yeah and and what what you know what agreement has the temple of god with idols so if if you're dating if you're a christian i would not advise you to date an unbeliever because of that because one if, if you're just dating like not thinking of marrying, like, I mean, it, it's There's just There's no point, right? Like, I would at least that, that, that's how. I, again, it's just my advice. And what's what's Vody Bakum? He has a it's great quote. Get messy. Yeah, He's, um, he says something like, uh, "He says either oh, he says dating is like shopping mm-hmm. without money. Either you're gonna come away." Oh man, I have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, he said either you're gonna come away disappointed, or come away with something, something that doesn't belong yours, to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something that doesn't belong to you. Right. 
so just just be careful just be wise make wise decisions um i mean yeah because again they could be saying they're a christian but you'll see fruit like you know hopefully they'll exhibit like yeah i think after a while you could you can tell pretty quickly um and and we have a lot of friends that are are in this situation right now Mm. um in the whole dating game and it's and I know it's, it's hard, it's, right? Like, like, I, I just, I don't even know what to say sometimes. Like, it's just, because I, I can't imagine. We, we weren't safe, so we had a whole different standard, mm. you know? Like, it didn't even matter. Right. And now I can't even imagine us having a relationship without, <laughs> without God. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, people make it work, but it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. It doesn't work the way it was created to work so now that we have that it's just so precious trying to find well i keep wanting to say men because (laughs) Mm. (laughs) trying to find good christian men is hard um but i guess me being a woman i could say that but um I, i don't know how it is on the flip side because i don't have I guess because I am a woman, I don't have single guy friends that are telling me how it is from their perspective. I have all the women telling me how mm-hmm. it is from from their side. So, and I don't uh, have. I mean, I I know single Christian men, uh-huh. but that we're guys, and I, maybe guys don't talk to each other about that stuff. They, yeah, because like, like I can't picture a guy. Just go, Man, I just can't find it, a but... good Christian woman like. <laughs> but I hear from all well, the women, like, I can't yeah, they, find... Yeah, I think guys don't open up as much. Like, we yeah. do talk about stuff like that, but yeah. maybe not as much. But so I, maybe as a guy, mm-hmm. I don't pay attention, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even to other guys. But uh, yeah, and, and I, I watched an interesting video. I think a friend of ours shared it from... Uh, let's say his name right. Paul Maxwell. I don't want to call him John Maxwell, like I did last time. But <laughs> Paul Maxwell, uh, and he was just talking about Christian men in churches aren't really manly. Yeah. So they almost become almost like a, effeminate. I forget. I don't think he really said it that way. Maybe he mm-hmm. did. Uh, he probably he kind of says it like it is, but uh, where like evangelicalism has a lot of men that aren't really men because like maybe like the feminist movement has has be- I, yeah i think down. the whole culture the way it is now has just invaded manhood right. like yeah so a man and womanhood being like, a biblical man you know is looked at as toxic as hijacked yeah the, yeah so it's it's hard you know the way god has wired men and women women are like looking this is what he said all right so (laughs) women are looking for certain men with qualities like he he was specifically saying that uh men who have earning potential women are naturally drawn to Mm -hmm. where men are more visual when they're when they're looking for a spouse but women go after that that earning potential and he was saying it's, it's more like in general so he's not saying all but the majority look for that and the way he was saying that uh evangelical men aren't really 
coming up that way anymore. So there's not like that alpha. He uses a lot of alpha male illustrations. So there's not that alpha male. That's just what he said. But it ma- it makes some sense. Yeah. Right. So they leave. Like, so they they're not finding that guy in the church. So they see those qualities in men who are outside of the church. Yeah. But yeah, it's the older generations too that that model that very well. Right. Like mm-hmm. I think I. S- it's nice because there's such a wide age range in our church so those older couples really can mm-hmm. model a good christian life for the younger ones so and yeah you we're just not finding those same kind of men in our younger generations now like it's, it's, like like Ben Sass's book the Vanishing American Adult. Is that what it's called? I think so. I read it maybe a, we'll, we'll a long link, time maybe ago. Maybe we'll so. link that in the show notes. Yeah, I don't know if that has anything to do with... <laughs> but it, it well, affects... It, it affects, it, yeah, marriage yeah. because... Yeah, it Men are prepared for marriage either. Mm-hmm. And women are either, but... Right. Yeah, that's why we got to model that and raise the next generation up that way. Right, and and feminism is a big part of that, which stems from other things and other like I'm reading Rachel's Jankovic Jankovic Rachel. However you say her name, I think she Jankovic. Yeah, um, you who, and she's talking about just some of the um, not the chocolate drink. <laughs> <laughs> some of the you know big philosophers like Maslow and stuff their big theories are still being used today like in counseling and everything and they have that selfish theme to them but yeah so, yeah so we see a lot of um, you know feminism secular humanism in in counseling in, in like marriage counseling things like that um, and then it, it, it seeps seep I'm gonna use the word seeps its way into the church and it does but and you can That's see what I that. meant, because I was like saying it seeps into what's already been in culture for a long time. Right, so but. it's in the culture, and the culture starts to slowly creep into the church with, with a kind of secular thought and uh, new age thought as well. And it, you can see it in some like literature that comes out of the church, like some Bible studies, but that's another topic. We, we, we wander all around the world here on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it should be a reminder that we need to go to the scriptures to get how to live life as Christians according to what God has said. You know, God has given us his word, uh, so we go to his word. You know, the, the preacher needs to preach his word, and we need to be studying the word throughout the week, and that's where God speaks to us. And then we speak to him in prayer. And then we fellowship with each other. Iron sharpens iron. And it's not going to be 100% perfect on this side of heaven. But that's what we're called to do. To live out this Christian life with each other. Relying on God and His Word and what He says. Let the Word of God do the work of God. Well, I want to promote a conference that's coming up in Freehold, New Jersey. It's the Sanctification Through Suffering Conference. 
striving for eternity andrew rapaport is is putting this on and the conference is held march 15th to 16th at the chinese american bible church 65 gibson place freehold new jersey 07728 and you can register at strivingforeternity.org and the speakers are justin peters justin peters frank mullis joe suazo and colleen sharp and you can check out colleen sharp's podcast theology gals which oh she just had a good one about um were they cessation yeah cessationism the ceasing of the apostolic sign gifts it was really good they explained it really well yeah they did they they went into the different kinds of cessationism there's a couple different schools of thought yeah on if the signs ceased how they ceased what you know the extent of the cessation (laughs) so yeah definitely check out theology girls and always gals gals sorry theology gals Gals. theology gals and uh the rap report is also good from striving for eternity with andrew rapaport uh yeah so that's our unofficial sponsor for today i learned stuff about yoke and the unevenness of it so i hope you did too we we learned about that in our little house books Little House on the Prairie? Yeah. Oh. They were yoking the whatever animals they were. Uh, Oxen? Probably. Like, that's what, that was my first, what I first wanted to say, but I wasn't sure. Hmm. But um, cool. well, they would walk around the machine that shredded up the wheat. Shredded wheat. Shredded wheat. <laughs> <laughs> I only like shredded, the shredded wheat? wheat with the sugar on it. Is that I shredded I don't know wheat? that I've ever had shredded wheat, actually. Is that my thing of shredded wheat? It was like that, the little no. wheat things with the sugar on it. They look like little tumbleweeds. They're a good cereal because it had sugar. Was there a cereal called shredded wheat or if that was... Yeah. Like, um... Or was it cream? Not cream of wheat. Oh, yeah, the, the tumbleweeds. Shredded wheat. Is that wheat. what they were called? I think so. I think they still make it. I'm losing my mind. Yeah, tonight. shredded wheat. I just looked it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway. And they have frosted mini wheats. That's mini the one wheats, I like. That's what I'm talking about. I like the frosted. Of course. And yes. So follow Ooh. us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on Do iTunes. Do you write anything on Twitter? Sometimes a tweet. I tweet the show each week. Oh, you do? And then I'll tweet, and then I'll share it on just, my personal Twitter. I know we've said that before, but I just can't get into Twitter. I'm starting to more. Yeah? Yeah, because a lot of people... Oh, baby. Like, tweet that I follow. I follow. Uh, and uh, iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. And we're, we're, are we still on SoundCloud? Mm-hmm. We're still on SoundCloud. For now. Next month, we'll explore. Yeah, next month. We'll, we'll explore. What else can I repeat that you say? Say something else. <laughs> next <about>. month, we'll <laughs> explore. Repeat it. Next month. Half a cup of sugar. Half a cup of sugar. Uh, eighth teaspoon of salt. Eight teaspoons of salt. Eighth, one eighth teaspoon. One not eighth? eight teaspoons. Okay. That's a lot one of salt. One eighth teaspoon of salt. And two teaspoons of vanilla. And two teaspoons of vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I probably shouldn't have even been on this episode. <laughs> Is that your rice I'm gonna, pudding I'm going to let... <laughs> <laughs> That's actually part of it, yeah. Cool. I can't give that out. It's Don't... a secret recipe. It's not, it's not mine. It's Judy's. I always give her credit because everyone loves it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't take credit for this. It's Judy's recipe. Anyway. Wrap us up, Karen. Yeah. Why don't you say it this week? Because I don't know. I know the intro. I don't know the <laughs> outro. Hi, and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast. Yeah. podcast is I wasn't supposed to memorize the closing. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Is that? Is that <laughs> what is that from? Star Search. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ed McMahon. So you just, if you keep your feet on the ground, then you just try keep to like stretch really far? Yeah. Or you hope you grow really tall? Yes. Hey, if you're wondering what to do in the meantime, you should seek the kingdom of God and try finding out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. <laughs> try finding out. <laughs> uh.